this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. The Walking Dead, Season 10, Episode 18, Home Sweet Home, is over. But we're just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. Friends, my name is Jessica Lees. I've been with you for a very long time. I have some sad news to report. Um, that is that Josh Wiggler has looked at these episodes and said, I want nothing to do with them. He's peaced out, but I was walking through the woods, and I found this dude sitting up in a tree, and I said, hey, come join my podcast. And he's like, I'm on it. So here with us, you may remember him from Fear the Walking Dead World Beyond. We called him up to the majors. Here's Chappelle. Hi, Jess. How are you? I'm great. I'm so happy that you found me sitting up in my tree in the woods, just waiting to be uh, found in this world of chaos. And I'm completely not traumatized at all by being left out here with all these murderers. So thank you for uh, kidnapping me and, uh, well, rescuing me, I guess, from uh, wherever (laughs) I've been and letting me uh, join you on this journey with the Walking Dead. Well, kidnapped, rescued, it's all the same. Uh, But before we get into the events of this very strange and trauma-related, inconsistent episode, I want to take a moment and thank our sponsors, and those are our friends over at GEICO. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and I bet it can be hard work. But you know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And it's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. And I got to tell you, Chappelle, I think GEICO would be sorely needed in a world where people are always getting their houses burnt down. I mean, it seems to be a pattern. Um, it just looks like every time we ransack something, we got to burn it to the ground. What's that about? I don't know, man. I mean, there, there's supplies. Lumber is in short supply here. You would think they would be collecting this stuff. Like, oh, maybe we'll leave this building up. We might need it one day. Maybe our own property will burn down and we'll need to come back to this. Nope. They just burn it to the ground. It's kind of just the default. You got nothing else to do. Burn it down. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it seems like they're also a little bit. They're a little bit too free with the fire because they don't have a they don't have a parks department to go and put out the fires. You know, they don't have a national forest service to go and like drop water on it from above. If you set a fire in the forest, whole forest is going up. Yeah, and they seem to be okay with this. I guess in a in a zombie apocalypse, you have bigger things to worry about than uh maintaining uh, uh I guess a forest or like these animals' habitats. But I'm thinking that if you're somewhere adjacent to the forest, this might affect you as well. Um, you maybe don't want to breathe in all that ash. You, yeah, I'm with you on this one. They should probably be looking into more ways to contain these fires as opposed to just lighting them and just taking off. Yeah, do you think you can outrun a fire? I don't think so. You you light a fire manually, you may be consumed by it as you're running away from the damage you have wrought. <laughs> We've seen gender reveals take out whole forests mm-hmm. by now, like like whole forests. And so you wonder why, you know, in the Walking Dead world, these, you know, these little, these massive fires just kind of stop, you know, just they just kind of <laughs> hang out and just fizzle away until you show up just in, the, in enough time to see the, rub- the, the, the wreckage, I guess. So, yeah, for me, this is uh, one of those moments of Maybe we should think this through a little bit better, you know? Yeah, I, I think maybe the villain should think through their plan a little bit harder is kind of an overarching theme of The Walking Dead. You know, they say that the true theme of The Walking Dead is that the zombies are a threat, but the true threat is humanity's darkest impulses. But honestly, I think the real theme of The Walking Dead is villains need to try a little bit harder. You know what? I'd say the heroes probably need to try a little bit harder, too, because I have thoughts about Maggie (laughs) from this episode. Girl, what are you doing? (laughs) So many, so many questions about Maggie. But before we before we walk into the actual choices that have been made by the various characters, I thought it might be useful to give a little background to people because it's been a minute since we have talked about Walking Dead main channel. And 
um, this is not what they intended for the series. And I think that may also be a theme of The Walking Dead as a whole. But these episodes are designed to be bonus episodes. They're kind of filling a content gap while they sort of adjust uh, their approach to season 11. So they kind of, they worked with the, with the actors they had to fill in some like little background areas. So each one of these episodes is almost its own kind of contained mini episode. And the regular season 11 is going to be out this summer. Um, and they started filming about a month ago. So that's exciting. Um, but this episode is basically supposed to tell us a bunch of stuff about Maggie that we don't necessarily need to have when we go into season 11. See, and that's the thing. The stuff that they're telling me about Maggie is making me look at her crazy because Maggie's <laughs> saying stuff to, like, you know, we got together and we, we, we loved helping people. So we went to go help all these other communities and it always went south. Always, Maggie? How many times did you lose <laughs> people trying to help people before you realize, okay, maybe we should stop? And Rick Grimes would never, okay? Never. He would be turning these people away at his doorstep before he would let this happen over and over again. But Maggie just comes today and, and proudly says, you know what? We just loved it so much that we just kept failing over and over and over. But you know who else did that, Chappelle? Madison Ooh. Clark. <laughs> Madison's whole thing was, I'm going to find a new group and get them to trust me and then burn it to the ground figuratively. Yeah. Yeah, and Maggie's looks like she's been burning things to the ground, literally, because mm -hmm. <laughs> even though it hasn't been her doing it, she's the one who's been on the receiving end of a lot of these fires. Yeah, I mean, what is the common denominator with all these failed societies, Chappelle? Maggie. It's, it's Maggie, <laughs> rocking up. Um, it, it is, it's a good, it's a good question though, because I wondered about this. Like, let's say that, let's ascribe some competence to Maggie and her friends. Let's say that they did have good intentions and that they didn't come in intending to fail or they thought that they were doing good and they didn't really take any personal responsibility for these failed states. I wonder what, what is the deal? Why are they always going South and would they all be going South with or without Maggie? I don't know. I have, I saw Maggie making some leadership calls this episode where I'm like, Maggie, is it you? Are you the problem? <laughs> but I think, yeah, that's, that's a valid question because some would say maybe since the theme of the walking dead is that the walkers are not the problem. It's the people stop inviting people into your life, <laughs> right? Like get your people, have a society and live and let everyone else just do their own thing. But, you know, if you if you're hell bent on, you know, being everyone's savior, then, yeah, you're going to run into a bunch of problems. But then again, I saw Maggie. This is his episode. And I was thinking, you know, it could be you. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I wonder. It could. And, you know, the theme of The Walking Dead is also like, don't trust everybody you run into, except when you do trust them and then move in and take it over. Because that mm -hmm. was the thing that always, that always made me scratch my head a little bit about Maggie is that she came with Rick's group to Alexandria and they moved in. And within about a week and a half, Rick was in charge of Alexandria. And then like a few weeks after that, like maybe I think it was supposed to be like two or three months, they meet the people from the hilltop. And Maggie goes to the hilltop. And within about three weeks, Maggie is in charge of the hilltop. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of interesting to me that everybody else is too trusting. And maybe that's maybe their trust of everybody is what really causes their problems. Yeah, because because Rick didn't trust anybody or mm -hmm. and sometimes he did. But then so, he did. He did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He got to pick and choose when he decided to give these people his complete trust. But there was a, a long time where Rick was very much like, no, get away from us. Leave us alone. And I think that might have worked because every time <laughs> they trusted somebody, it has led us to this. Yeah. And it's usually, you know, the main characters sometimes don't bear the brunt of it, but we get a lot of red shirt deaths. And we certainly got a lot of red shirt deaths this episode that probably could have been prevented. Oh, yeah. I was sitting here watching the episode because for people who don't know, I, I was in from day one on the little tykes, the, the Walking Dead Jr. <laughs> that we were watching earlier. Uh, and, and now that we're on the main Walking Dead, I feel like a casual. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like I was like one foot in and one foot out. And we can get into that later on. But when I saw all these people showing up, I was like, am I going to have to keep up with all these names? <laughs> nope. 
they're all dead now. So red shirt here, boom, dead. Red shirt here, boom, dead. I was like, oh, well, that's going to make my job podcasting about this kind of easy. So yeah, yeah um, we saw a lot of death today. Yeah, you, t- you take a lot of notes and it's like, they're not going to introduce eight new characters. So I don't need to remember all of these people. I'll circle back and watch it again and write down the names of the people that matter. Hmm. Yeah, I can't even keep up with all the people we lost. I know there's that Josh Brolin looking guy. He mm-hmm. he took a, he took a, a fast dive. Um, there was the new black lady. I just was very excited to see her, and then she's gone. And then there was the other lady, and I was like, "Yeah, no, they have names. I'm sure the bodies have names, but I'm good." Yeah. Well, this and this is this goes back to like the selective trauma response that I I feel like we need to discuss. That is a failing of The Walking Dead in particular. Is like, yeah. Nobody misses those people. Nobody's ever going to talk about them again. And it's only the people that the audience have gotten to know that cause anybody to shed a tear. Yeah. Could could you imagine like three episodes from now, someone's like, yeah, remember that one guy from episode one? We're like, no, not at all, actually. <laughs> like Doing it for him. Like, oh, okay, thanks. You know, um, you have a good point. Yeah. But they, and they also, the show also kind of assumes that, the people on the show are as emotionally invested in the people that we are emotionally invested in. You know what I mean? So they mm-hmm. will also pull out deaths that happened like many years ago. And it's like, Maggie, you've watched how many hundreds of people die in front of you as you make your way through North America with apparently a bunch of terrorists following you and killing everybody in your wake. Except you. <laughs> Except you. And, and yet you are, you know, you're still. You're still invoking like the names of people and not just your husband and your sister, but like people that we haven't thought about in 10 years. Maggie is the most likely person to just drop a random name from season one. Yes. <laughs> like, whatever happened to T-Dog? Who's, where, we remember him? <laughs> like, like, no, we don't. <laughs> we don't. Well, we, hey, we do. On, but on this, on this we? podcast, we definitely remember T-Dog, but I Dang, get your I'm point. I'm down with that. I'm down with that. But Maggie definitely, she feels, she still feels that. Now, the yeah. last 50 people that she's uh, led to their uh, slaughter. Maybe not so much, but yeah, when she mentioned Bethy this mm-hmm. episode, I said, Bethy? Who is Bethy? And I was like, oh, Beth! <laughs> so yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that was a person. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Remember Beth? R.I.P. to Beth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a minute ago for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But I think we need to, we also need to talk about Maggie's like Negan related bloodlust because this is a really interesting direction to take the plot and i have to wonder how are they going to resolve this at all um because you see maggie's face when she sees negan and you know that there's not really anything negan can do there's literally nothing he can do to get back in her good graces and we kind of really he shouldn't have been able to get back into anybody's good graces no matter what like we should all still be really mad at negan but the show has let us forget that and now the show is coming back around to it and it's kind of like there's no card you can buy for the occasion of sorry i beat your husband to death in front of you so i have to wonder how are they gonna fix this is one of them gonna have to be gone by the end of the season oh yeah is this one of those like harry potter and voldemort things like yes. the one has to die so the other yes. can live um it should have been a long time ago, right? We should have already had this moment. They should they should have never welcomed Negan back in with open arms. Don't get me wrong. It's working out for him. But I this is the most relatable part of The Walking Dead for me that I've come across so far. And it's the idea that Maggie left because she just couldn't stomach Negan being around. Big same. Because mm-hmm. I was a diehard fan. Glenn dies. And I have to sit through Negan for another, like another season. I was like, wait a second. We're never going to get rid of this guy. We're just going to keep him as a pet. So no. <laughs> I was the yeah. same way. I got to get out of here. Y'all are, I need to protect my peace. Obviously, y'all care more about Negan than y'all do about me, my feelings, the audience. So I got to go. And so I became a casual watcher at that point. And Maggie had a great idea. Let, uh, let's get out of here. I can't do it. So now that she's back, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering how long she can stomach Negan, right? Like, is she sitting across from the, uh, from him at the dinner table? Like, as everybody's talking, <laughs> you know, if you ever been in a room with someone you just really didn't like and everyone's laughing and joking with them, but you don't see anything that they're saying funny. I think that's what, <laughs> what Maggie's going to have to sit through now. Like, everyone's like, Oh, Negan, can you pass the salt? She's like, screw your salt. <laughs> I got some salt for you. Yeah, but I feel like I, how many people are at Alexandria right now and how, because I feel like you can avoid people if you really work at it. And I feel like Negan is the one, it's on him to do this. Like I, I actually had a friend who I had a spectacular like friend breakup with this person 
and she mm-hmm. left the country for a year. And when she came back to the country, she moved in next door to me. Oh my gosh. And I managed to go 18 months without seeing her once, despite the fact she lived in the only other apartment in the building. And I'm very proud of this. No, I feel that- like it's doable. Yeah, look, we stand that kind of pettiness, okay? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I will dig my feet in, okay? Nope, I'm not, I don't know you. I've never seen you before. I know we used to be friends, but that was a sad, that was a different person. You don't know the new me. And so I'm with you. I would have never come across that person. I mean, I probably would have ran into her in the hallway and wouldn't have recognized her. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, Maggie's going to have a more difficult chance because I think Negan in his, uh, in the victory that they had against, you know, Alpha, Negan mm-hmm. has probably indoctrinated himself a lot more into the community than she would like. So he's probably like running the, the, uh, like the bank or something <laughs> in Alexandria <laughs> to where she can't even make a deposit good without having to run into Negan. You know, it's, it's like the thing where you're trying to avoid somebody, but every turn you see them, um, yeah. they probably have like a, ne- a Negan poster in her bedroom. It'll be something of that nature where she just can't avoid it. Um, and that sucks because I think, Daryl asked Carol at some point, you know, have you even, you know, accepted uh, Negan? And she she doesn't really have an answer. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking some people have. Some people are like, no. I mean, Judith has. That's basically her, st- her yeah. step-uncle. <laughs> Judith was the first person. And honestly, I think that after the Alpha business, it's almost like everyone else came around on him. And I think Carol and Daryl were practically the last two. And Carol's the one that let him out. And then he and Daryl like tag teamed the murder of Beta in the most spectacularly stupid way. So mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that was, we were, we were meant to believe, okay, Negan's cool now. But then Maggie shows up. It's like, oh, wait, no, Negan's not cool. And Negan was never cool. Yeah. And, you know, of course, Maggie has told her son, um, Glenn slash Herschel Jr. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, hey, um, the bad guy that killed your dad, like, you know, hopefully he gets what's coming to him only to find out that, nope, you're going to be living with that guy. He did a horrible thing to your dad. And guess what? You get to bunk next to him. So you gotta, you gotta wonder if she's, if she's going to be like, that's the guy. Remember the guy I was telling you about? That's the guy. <laughs> I don't know if she tells, I mean, okay. So how do you approach this? Do you just come out and say it like Carol did with her? Like, hey, you know, it was me who let Negan out. Or do you just like, Hey, we don't talk to strangers. We don't talk to anybody here. If they tell, if they mention the guy who killed your dad, just ignore them. Like, how do yeah. you get in front of this? Because you know Judith is going to just come out and say it. Like, you know, Negan yeah. killed your dad. Judith is Judith's cold. She doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, and I feel like it's it's a challenge to keep this from little Herschel because I don't even know if Maggie's ever said the name Negan in front of him, but he's going to be like, oh, that guy's named Negan. Isn't that the name of the guy that killed my dad? And even if that <laughs> doesn't happen. Really, it's a fine line to tread with kids this age because she can't be like, you see that guy over there? Don't ever talk to that guy. Because A, the easiest way to get a kid that age to do something is to tell him not to do it. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) B, in addition to that, he's going to see Judith like palling around with him. And Judith's like one of the only other children here. He's going to be like, oh, cool. Judith thinks he's awesome. He must be awesome. I'm going to go talk to him. So- I don't know how we can keep these two separate. Oh, yeah. I know Judith is going to be the problem because Judith and Negan have to go on their daily walks together. They're besties. So mm-hmm. they have to go play catch. And Herschel Jr. is going to be like, I want to go. And the moment Maggie sees Herschel Jr. playing catch with Negan, it's over. Like, burn it down again. <laughs> she's not going to take it well at all. So, yeah, she's she needs to get in front of this. I just don't know how she can do it without completely creeping out her kid. Or making her kid do something that he should not do. Because we've seen that these grizzled kids are murderers in their own right. And we would hate to see Herschel Jr. try to take things into his own hands and uh, get rid of Negan. But I wouldn't be shocked if he tried. Yeah, murderous children. Yeah, it's it's. I, I could actually see this, though. Like, like Negan like picking him up by the back of his bib overalls and taking him back to Maggie and being like, Yeah, uh, I caught this kid trying to murder me. Uh, maybe you should have a talk with him. <laughs> <laughs> like have you have you have you sat down and had this serious conversation with your son? <laughs> I, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, this is this is like after school specials in the wake of the zombie apocalypse. And oh one of them God. is like how to how to talk your children out of revenge plots. Which, as we've seen on this show, doesn't go well normally. It, it never goes not. well. No. Yeah. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So we met some new people this week, and I think we should probably talk about them. Um, I, I mean, the people that didn't get immediately murdered. <laughs> okay, cool. cool, I, cool. I, did I, make, like... I did take notes on this. Um, mm-hmm. So we've got some new sidekicks for Maggie. One of them we did meet previously um, in the last episode when Maggie showed up with the cavalry. The cavalry was basically one really badass guy in a gimp suit. And we were all like, is that somebody we know? Is that you? Why does he have a mask on? Is he going to take the mask off and reveal somebody we thought was dead like five seasons ago? And like, you know, is it Beth or is it, you know, is it Rick Grimes? Uh, right. Like shoot for the moon. Who is it? And it turns out, no, it's just a guy that he, he puts the mask on to hide his fear, I guess. And it's this kind of like hockey mask, luchador, welding mask, man in the iron mask mask. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. can't figure out, like, what is the aesthetic and what's the intention behind it? Yeah, it gave me Man of the Iron Mask, but it also gave me, like, Shredder from uh, Teenage Mutant oh, Ninja Turtles yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And so, But when he takes the mask off, I'm I'm like you, waiting on the reveal. Like, who is this masked individual? It's like, it's Elijah? That's his name? Yeah, Eli? Elijah. Yeah. Elijah? Yeah. Not Nice meeting you, Elijah. Thank you for joining us on this journey. I, this, the Walking Dead does this often. They give us these little breadcrumbs that lead to nothing. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, like, could it be Rick? Nope. It's just a rando. <laughs> yeah, it's. And I think they used to do this a lot less often. And when they did do it, it meant something and you knew it was going somewhere. And now they just sort of throw it out there and decide it doesn't mean anything. And yeah. I it's like the you know, it's like the. um the end of the last Jedi when they're like, yeah, your parents aren't anybody, Ray. Sorry. And they had to walk that back because people were so mad at it. Oh no. You know, what makes people mad game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're a Targaryen. It doesn't matter, but you are one. You, yeah. you haven't been to this point, but you are one. And hopefully it means something, but it won't. And yeah, this is right in that mold of like breadcrumb to nothing. Yeah. And it's funny that you bring up Game of Thrones because I really feel like Negan has the Jamie Lannister energy. Because he's somebody <laughs> that you watched him initially and it's like, oh, this guy is legitimately terrible. He's he's murdering people. He shoved a kid out a window. He's banging his sister. And by the end of it, you're like, yeah, he's an awesome dude. I'm shipping him with Brienne. I want him to I want him to win. And then the show sort of forgets all of the horrible things you saw in the very first episode. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're trying to Jamie Lannister Negan a little bit. So are you shipping Negan and Maggie moving forward? Is that what I'm hearing? Ooh, God, yeah, no. It's gross. Ew. <laughs> it's so gross. But you but you could see it. Like, because The Walking Dead is going to like make them like, oh, yeah, now she's going to come around to Negan because everybody else has. <laughs> and, and then hopefully Negan runs back to his steps or well, his sister and, and, to, and, and then dies in the rubble. I don't know. But I would. We are I would, spoiling every show ever. I think we better <laughs> we better put some we better put a pre-roll on here that's like it's We've spoiled Star Wars. We've spoiled Game of Thrones. Well, here's the thing. If you still have ambition to, to watch Game of Thrones, stop it. Just <laughs> stop it. <laughs> We're doing you a favor by spoiling it. I can't speak on the Star Wars, but definitely don't put yourself through that. 
Don't yeah, do it. it's fine. I don't know. One time I made a mention on the Walking Dead podcast of a season of Survivor that was like 10 seasons in the past and somebody took me to task for it. So I, I, I feel like we should, I will put a disclaimer up at the top that says we are going to mention the end of Game of Thrones and we're going to mention the end of The Last Jedi. So if you care about that, maybe skip, maybe sit this one out. It's okay because you probably don't even need to watch this episode if you care about The Walking Dead. Yeah, this was a bottle episode in a way. <laughs> it was just They're like- all bottle episodes. That's the thing. <laughs> like the next yeah. six episodes are all bottle episodes. And um, I will say I, I've gotten some screeners from AMC. So I have seen the next episode and it's the same thing. It is mm-hmm. like you lift this out of the continuity and you don't really, you don't really lose anything. I guess. Do so they, this, do at they- least, this at least mm-hmm. gets us to Alexandria. This at least yeah. gets Maggie there and fills her in on a few things, like what is her arc going to be? Right. Well, Maggie and her leadership style just could not figure out a way to slow down. So I'm glad we got this for her because for Maggie to want to push through through the night and it was like, we probably need to camp. And she's like, OK, well, let's camp in this uh this uh site with all these walkers around or what do they call them? The uh, it wasn't the, the, called, the empties. Oh, sickos. That's what sickos. Kelly called them. We should keep a running tab of all the things the, the walkers have been called because I, I like empties, honestly, but sickos is good too. But yeah, they're looking at Maggie and saying, hey, let's go camp over here. She's like, nope, let's go camp in here where all the monsters are. And so I'm glad we've made it because she seemed pretty hell bent on getting there. And so Maggie was going to lose however many casualties it took to get there. And so here she is. Yep. Um, and honestly, Maggie's decision on where to camp didn't really affect what ultimately happened. And again, this is one of those things we can lift the sequence out of everything and it doesn't change a thing because all we get is Maggie's like, I think we should camp here because this is going to give us an opportunity to have a really cool action scene where, you know, my friend Cole, who's the other guy whose name we probably should remember man, man bun, bun dude. Yeah. Yep. Man bun, <laughs> man bun can, can whip out his dual daggers and slice down the middle of a skull. That's pretty cool. We want him to do that. We want to be able to kill a walker by crushing it in a door. That's fun. You know, Maggie's brightly observes that we can't really, we can't really have an episode unless we have some really badass action scenes. And so that's why this is here. Well, I just want to know why Maggie had to get scratched, right? So she gets this huge cut on her arm. And then nothing comes from it. But when I saw the cut, I thought, oh, God, we got Ma- they got Maggie. She's going to have a hook for her arm. What's going <gasps> to happen here? And they just like, oh, it's fine. It's just a scratch. No, no, that's not <gasps> how things work in this universe. Somebody got you. And I need to know how we're going to make this wound go away. And I guess it was just a flesh wound. Who knew? Well, she's probably going to get tetanus. So there's that. Um, <laughs> if nothing <but> else. <laughs> yeah. Chappelle, you know how this works by now. Uh, we don't actually ever see anybody get bit. If they get mm-hmm. bit, they immediately get devoured. But the only way you find out if somebody got, just got a little bite is like at the end of the episode, they'll lift up their shirt and on their torso is like one perfect set of teeth barks. And then they're like, I'm doomed. That's how that, right. that's how bites work here. So we wouldn't have like, we knew this was an okay wound because we didn't see Maggie like kind of roll up her sleeve to show somebody later. Right. I think, yeah, that's the thing. If you get bit, you have to walk around the entire episode like you did. Yeah, And then at the very end, we have to find out like, oh, no, you know, now we have to amputate your entire leg as opposed to just one part of it because you've let it it spread throughout. And we spent all this time just to say goodbye. So, no, that's a good point. I just was really, it was just jarring to see the first episode back. We have Maggie and then boom, instantly injured. And it was her fault. (laughs) <laughs> but to um to touch on the Cole thing a little bit, Cole has these two amazing daggers. Um, is it is it Kelly that with yeah. with a slingshot? Yeah. Can we can we upgrade this by now, please? Please. I don't know, Chappelle. I I go back and forth on this. I know a slingshot okay. looks like a really dumb weapon. It looks like you know Bart Simpson killing zombies. I get it. Mm-hmm. But think about this: you don't have to make projectiles for the slingshot. You got weapons all around you. You got your bullets. And if you had a really well-made one, they probably do take out a zombie. And you don't have to be terribly accurate. You just got to get them in the head somehow. And at a certain distance, no, that doesn't really help you, but it's a distance weapon. And it is like, you're not going to have the thing where you're shooting arrows at your zombies and you run out of an arrows, you know, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to, you're going to always have something you can slingshot to the zombies. 
Yeah, it's just with Cole's super cool weapon, and yeah. even thinking back to Michonne, or even look at Daryl with his crossbow. I mean, yeah. these are cool weapons to have, and you're out here with the slingshot. I just worry about you so much. I think that's what it is. Mm. Like, I feel like I feel unsafe watching you, you like wield the slingshot as if like this is all you have. At least have a backup like option. Like, I, okay, yeah. in case my slingshot misses, I do have a machete. You know, give me something. I that's fair. That's fair, but you know. I, I don't hate it as a weapon. I think more people should have them. Maybe it's not your first weapon. You do make yeah. a point. Like, I think everybody has a slingshot and everybody has a knife. And it's just like, are you six feet or more from the zombies? Use a slingshot. The zombies coming in on you, use the knife. Right. Like when you have to poke the zombie in the head, in the forehead with the bottom of your slingshot, I think there's a problem. So like, it's yeah. like start like gashing them in the, in the eyeball socket with the, with the bottom of the slingshot. Uh, but yeah, I'm hoping Kelly comes across something, something better than that. Cause I, I just, it's, I'm always going to be worried when Kelly goes into battle every time. Yeah. I, and I really, I don't want anything to happen to Kelly. I kind of love Kelly. She's a wonderful character and I feel very attached to her, but honestly, her action figure is like the last one you're going to buy in the collection just because the weapon sucks. Oh, yeah. You don't even want to move the weapon around. You know how sometimes you can mix and match these things? Yeah. What does Daryl look like with a slingshot? No, thanks. Yeah, don't care. I'm good. <laughs> I, I will say my favorite all-time weapon that people used to kill somebody was something that Maggie did like way back in season four. She took a road sign like a big metal road sign and was like using it like a paddle to beat the zombies with. And it was glorious. I'm like, this looks like an, this looks like a video game scene. Like I want the Maggie action figure with like the rusty gore covered road sign. That is a cool ass weapon. And they've not gone to the well of improvised weapons in a while. They just kind of have their thing and everybody's got their action figure accessory and they use it. Yeah. I mean, when you buy the Maggie ac- action figure, do they put just like a stop sign in the, in the box as well? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It comes with a stop <laughs> sign, but now it comes with like, I don't even remember what Maggie was using to kill zombies. This, this she is got like a knife nice. Yeah. She got a knife. Yeah. Yeah. She's got a knife. She's it's, got a knife and she also comes with a hat. So she has that yeah. as well. And poor leadership skills. Yes, <laughs> all, poor leadership all wrapped skills. in one. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that's not something you can put a price on. That's true. So let's talk about, I think maybe one of Maggie's biggest failings is the fact that she's come across, she's been crossing like five state lines with this gang of people and managed to somehow get some terrorists on her tail and not be able to shake them. This is problematic. Yeah. Again, Maggie, the leader. I'm look, I like Maggie. I missed Maggie when she was gone. Again, I stormed out when Maggie stormed out. So I understand. However, what are you doing? It's the woods. You should be able to lose people or like, you know, like I, I, I just, I, I just don't, I want to know what's happening. Like you said earlier, there's got to be something else to this. There's a reason why this, this, uh, everything fails with Maggie. There's got to be a reason why. And it can't just be that Maggie's a horrible leader. There's, there had to been like some extenuating circumstances somewhere to where just people keep throwing a wrench into her plans because just the idea that she's being chased down and has yet to elude these people is fascinating to me. Yeah. And she won't tell us about it yet because narratively we want to wait for a big gut punch. And she's like, Daryl asks, okay, so seriously, what happened there? Why did all your, why did all your communities fail? And she's like, I'm not ready to talk about it yet. Yeah. But it felt good to say that they failed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that part was good, but I can't tell you why, you know? Yeah. Yeah, It really doesn't make sense that you would like these societies have been functioning for 10 years at this point and you roll up with like irrigation plans and then all of a sudden it goes to hell. Mm -hmm. Like you, you're showing up to assist these people and yet it's getting worse. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? I mean, the one theory I found that I thought I've, I've been reading online comments, which, you know, never read the online comments, but somebody posted <laughs> a theory on Reddit that I thought was really interesting, which was that maybe when people roll up to your community and help you for free, anybody else around you that was helping you for a price gets upset and takes it out on the people. And that oh. makes sense. Like, think about... Think about Alexandria coming across the hilltop and helping out the hilltop. But meanwhile, Negan is in, is behind the scenes that he's extracting prices from the hilltop. He's got his protection racket and Negan doesn't like this, right? And he, you know, that's how the war starts. So maybe there's like little mini Negans all around out there. And it's like, we are, 
we are draining the resources of these communities. And if somebody comes along and like helps them so that they don't have to let us drain their resources, that's bad. That's a big problem for us. Yeah, it's bad business. I think, yeah, there's some, definitely some territory uh, crossing into like, Hey, we're protecting them. We don't need you to protect them because they're paying us to protect them. If you show up and protect them, now we have to get rid of you so that we can go back Mm -hmm. to protecting them. Uh, but Maggie, how many times do you have to run into this? She said they all went south. How many of these have you done? Yeah. And it's not like it's the day after the zombie apocalypse. I totally understand that lots of things failed in the first couple of years. You got to have something going if you're going to be around for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is not the beginning. You know, it's not trial and error. Like at this point, we should know what works. You know, we should know what works and you're going in. Oh man. And just. You know, hey, you guys, we got all this help. And they're like, no, please stay away. We've heard about you. <laughs> like rumor, rumor has spread that this is a bad omen. Like you're the Grim, Re- Grim Reaper. Get out of here. And yet here's Maggie to save the day and or ruin another civilization. Yeah, it's almost like I, I, I firmly believe that Georgie was doing OK before Maggie. I think Georgie goes from place to place and is like, give me some records. I'll build a windmill for you. And it's a cool trade and everybody's happy. But I feel like maybe there's a piece of Georgie's knowledge that somehow she didn't impart to Maggie before she took off. She wrote it down, but it was like blurry or something. So yeah, Maggie, she got or, wet. The, <laughs> yeah, the ripped off part is the part like, oh, yeah, but no, no matter what you do, make sure you don't. And then it's just blank. Yeah. <laughs> so Maggie, Maggie keeps doing the one thing that is not supposed to happen. And yeah, I mean, that's what Maggie said, though. She said, Georgie did a thing. It felt mm-hmm. good. So then we tried to do the thing over and over again, and it failed every time. And we were not as good at it as Georgie for some reason. <laughs> Honestly, this is the spinoff series. If they're going to launch 50 million Walking Dead spinoff series, when are we getting the Georgie spinoff? Because I feel like I want to see a competent person come in and solve a problem in a community, like a highway to heaven situation. We're going to go into the community. We're going to solve their problem. We're going to move on. And I yeah. was hoping like they set it up for Fear the Walking Dead to do that one season. And I was so hyped. And then they didn't do it. So mm-hmm. here's your chance. Redeem yourselves, Walking Dead. Give me the Georgie spinoff. Georgie the Redeemer. I like it. Or the Liberator. Like, yeah. just, like marches into town uh, 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 and fixes all of this. Like, uh, what, what, what is it? Like those kitchen nightmares with uh, Gordon yes. Ramsay. Like, <laughs> shows up and like, nope, this isn't going to work. That's not going to work. Burn it down. The, uh, scallops are raw. You, you know, like, t- take it all apart, start over and fix it. And I would watch that. I mean, Georgie would have her own, you know, problems, but mm-hmm. you know, ultimately they wouldn't all fail like Maggie. Right. Right. <laughs> Like nobody wants to watch somebody fail over and over. And I think The Walking Dead doesn't inject enough hope. And we've talked about this before as well. I think that people want to naturally band together and like help each other and rebuild the future. And The Walking Dead is like, no, as soon as the the apocalypse happens, everybody's base instincts are going to come out. And the only people that are surviving are going to be the murderers and the rapists, and the kidnappers. And the few people that are not those things are going to become those things. And I don't know. I feel like you would build some windmills and it wouldn't all go badly as long as you were slightly more competent than Maggie. Yeah. The, yeah, you're right. The Walking Dead didn't give us any room for hope anymore. I think they took it away. I think the last time I really had hope for The Walking Dead was uh back before Eugene revealed that there was no cure. Yes. <laughs> like, that's the last shred of hope because from season one, it's like, oh, we got to find a cure. We got to get a cure. We're going over here to find a cure. Oh, look, Eugene. Okay, cool. You got the cure. Take us to it. I really don't have a cure. Excuse me. I'm it was sorry, a good what? racket. It was a good racket. <laughs> It was cool, I guess. But then what are we waiting on now? Just the world to explode? How long do we take? How long do we watch these people suffer? Well, here is the issue with that. Because I think when you have decided it is rock bottom and there is no hope and there's no place left to go, you have written yourself into a corner. Because Mm -hmm. how can we keep upping the stakes as far as Walking Dead antagonists go? Uh, They all need to want something. And if there is nothing left, there's nothing for them to want. And that's where you get these villains that come in and they're like, I'm just going to follow you and kill you because I don't have anything better to do. And, oh, if that doesn't work, I'm going to blow myself up. Okay. I don't understand that. What was the deal with this dude in the spy shack suit? Oh, yeah. I I love that scene. 
this moment where they're the guy they're in the forest and his, this guy is shooting and picking off all the red shirts, the people who will never remember after this episode, and he's killing them left and right. And they surround him, and there he is, and they're attacking him. I mean, stabbing him and sh- a slingshot. Nothing's working because he's got what ten pounds of armor on. I mean, he's got a bulletproof vest and apparently not arrowproof vest at, at some point, but he's got a lot of protection on, and nothing's working. And they're like, you know, listen. You're not going to make it out of this one alive. Tell us what we want to know. And the moment they said that, I was like, he's about to kill himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and lo and behold, not to spoil another uh, show, but if you're familiar with Grey's Anatomy, we got <laughs> pink mist in this episode and it was disgusting. <laughs> yeah, he, just bl- he blows himself up and now you're covered in this man's guts because I guess because you didn't kill him. I mean, who is this guy and who are the Reapers? Yeah. Why should we care? Why do we care is the more salient point there. Um, A... I think we also need to invoke um, Arsts from Lost, um, who touches the dynamite, and this was kind of a self-arsting. Um, <laughs> and then also, you you make the point that these people are covered in blood and guts and horrible things. They weren't, though. They didn't have a drop of anything. They didn't have a drop of that guy on them anywhere. And their ears were not ringing. They were two feet from him. Somebody should have got hurt. Nobody got hurt. I don't understand. No, that's a wow. Yeah. It's not even that they didn't get hurt because they ran into cover. It was like, he's about to blow up. Everybody duck. Yeah. <laughs> and they did. They all hit the ground right in front of him, about maybe five feet away max. You know, look, co- look, COVID was spread within six feet and they <laughs> managed to dodge an explosion <laughs> closer to that. And they came up. I mean, but again, I said pink mist because I, I would, I still felt those fumes of that man's guts on me mm-hmm. and I was just watching it. So you got to imagine that there's a mist that, that, that got them, but they were not covered in like, you know, viscera, you know, <laughs> and then also not traumatized. They were able to like, well, that happened. Let's keep on pushing. You know, this it's hard. It's hard to find hope when stuff like this is happening. Yeah. And here's the, yeah, here, here's what I want to know. Is there anything that these reapers could want any motive whatsoever that they could have that would make us feel like we're rooting for the, you know, we're rooting for the team to defeat them because we yeah. had, you know, we going all the way back with the governor who wanted to take the prison because it was better than Woodbury. He wanted something with the claimers. They wanted supplies and gratification and they just wanted to steal people's shit. We had Terminus who wanted to eat people. Uh, we had Negan who, thrived on power and wanted everybody to just like supplicate to him. And then we had Alpha who had delusions of grandeur was trying to impose like the world order on everyone. So you have to keep upping the stakes and we've gone past like what is higher stakes than I want everyone to join the hordes of zombies and we will wear their suits. We'll wear their, their faces as suits. Um, how do you get past that? How is there something better beyond that? That is not completely ridiculous because PS Alpha was ridiculous. What could they possibly want that's going to make us care about this situation at all? That makes me wonder what Maggie did to these people. Because, <laughs> no, seriously, because they're chasing her. It's yeah, revenge. It, they're chasing her. What did you do? Whose <laughs> business did you get into, lady? Because obviously, had you been minding your own, maybe these people would not have been chasing you. But you're right. I don't, I can't think of one reason why. You know, the Reapers would be so hell-bent on just doing this. Like, they, I, I just like chaos. You know, like, maybe we just want to watch the world burn, literally. But I don't know. Like, Maggie, in my mind, Maggie did something. She's not telling us about it. And it's going to come out very soon. Because eventually someone's going to say, what do y'all want from us? And they're going to be like, Maggie. <laughs> it's her. She's who we want. Well, that was what they said. They're, like, begging this guy. And this was hard to, this was hard to spot. And I had to rewind and watch it a couple of times to figure out what's he, what is he even saying? Cause they do beg him, like, tell us what you want. What are you after? Maybe like, don't just start like most dangerous gaming us. Maybe if you want something from us, you should use your words. And he, all he says is Pope marked you. Like, okay, who's, who's Pope? Who the F is Pope? Why do we care? And if it's just that they randomly pick people and are like, we're going to hunt those people. I don't care. This is stupid. And so I, I feel like we got to meet Pope soon and we got to know that he wants something really interesting. And I would love it if it's just revenge on Maggie for doing something terrible. That would be amazing. Yeah, that's definitely better than 
Pope marked you just because he was picking people and they're like, yeah. you're one of my, you know, and I don't let anybody get away from me. You know, no, we've uh, already seen any, meeny, miny, mo on this show. That was already a thing. <laughs> Right. Well, Maggie is a uh, uh, painfully close to that moment, so yes. maybe, uh, maybe it has something to do with that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's not. There's nothing compelling that's jumping out. But Pope marked her, and I guess Pope and the Reaper is is the new uh, the, is the name of our new bad guys. Pope and the Reapers. This is a rock band name gone wrong, like metal band. Obviously. Well, I mean, <laughs> we we killed Beta last season, so we need a new rock band. Yeah, for sure, and um, I think. Is it is it Virginia who has the whole like you left and so now I gotta hunt you down thing? Is yeah. that is that yeah? So maybe that's what this is. Like Pope was like you're with us and Maggie's like nope we're leaving and now they're like no 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 you're with us or else and this is the or else. Yeah, but we did that too. That was the thing. Like <laughs> you know that's why Dwight has the burned face, isn't it? Because he tried to he tried to flee and Negan wasn't having it. So yeah. it's like. What's left? What what do you have left that's new? What what new ground are you guys going to break? And if you're not going to break new ground, let's just kill you all in the first episode. Yeah, and there's no wonder why there's only one season left after this because it's like you're running out of bad guys at this mm-hmm. point. Like we're running out. Like maybe I, I don't know. I have no clue. Maybe Pope has identified that Maggie is the cure. Maybe that's what we want. Ah. <laughs> maybe it's got to get to Maggie. Maggie is the the missing piece. Um, I doubt it. But, yeah, you know. We can, we can dream. Yeah. I think what's more likely is that they want us to think about the Reapers for the next six episodes. And then this summer, they will dispatch the Reapers in the first episode and like, yeah, remember those guys? Yeah. We don't care either. They're done. Um, I think the ominous, let's make sure they don't follow us to Alexandria. Well, it's like they, they already followed you from like Tennessee or wherever it was you, be- you were before. That's a long way. They're probably not totally off your tail. Just a guess. Yeah. And the idea that they send one Reaper to go get them, right? Like they go through the forest and they're like, oh, we're being followed. It's a trap. And then it's one guy. Mm-hmm. One guy. So is he like just a scout? Is he, is, are, are the Reapers only like a, like a handful of, you know, um, like very talented individuals with each like a set of skills where they can hunt mm-hmm. Maggie or, or is there like this huge community and the Reapers are after them because sending one person doesn't seem very, you know, like inspired. It doesn't seem like you expected to accomplish anything. I mean, I mean, the guy was good, but I mean, how good was he? Yeah. Well, this is how video games work though, Chappelle. Like if you're playing the video game, you're going to have the mini boss. They're going to send another mini boss and it's going to be a bigger mini boss. And eventually there's a big boss. And it's or, you know, bad action movies when they send like they're in a fight and they send one guy at a time to attack you with a different style. And you're just like, you know, you beat the boxing guy, you beat the capoeira guy, you beat the guy with the samurai swords and you just keep beating guys. That's what this felt like. It's like, oh, there's like one tiny mini boss and we pass level one and next week there'll be like a second reaper. Yeah, he gave me henchman vibes for sure. Like, you yeah. know, I feel like a boss, you kind of have to work your way up to the boss. There weren't mm-hmm. enough henchmen for me then. I guess that's what it is. He was very yeah. hench, gave me hench vibes. Yeah. And um, they got him. But yeah, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to send another henchman at this point, right? If we're doing one at a time, like there's one that's going to try to infiltrate Alexandria at this point. Or we send the whole fleet of henchmen. You know, what, what are we doing here? Well, on the other hand, Chappelle, did they really get him? Or did he get himself? Yeah. Like, is that always the contingency, right? Like, did this man ever intend on coming back? Was it just like, yeah. let me pick off as many as I can. And then when they eventually catch me, which they will, because I'm one deep, I just blow myself up. Yep. And when you hear the explosion, that's your signal to send the next guy in. Right. You see the pink mist in the distance, like a cloud of smoke, <laughs> and like like a flare, like a body flare. And they're like, oh, there he is. Like, we'll go due north. Um, Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. You have to wonder how they've been tracking Maggie so well anyway. So if they're just leaving a trail of pink mist, then there you go. That's how it happened. Yeah, I mean, because even Daryl was having trouble finding people. And Daryl is allegedly the best tracker alive. And, you know, he loses he loses a five-year-old while he's tracking. Yeah. And the, no, the most precious five-year-old who ever existed. Okay. Yeah, we, <laughs> we got to talk about Herschel because I feel like Herschel had one line this episode. And he is already way up there with Judith for most charming child ever on Walking Dead. Yeah, despite being Maggie's kid. No, I'm kidding. I like <laughs> Maggie a lot. And I think uh, seeing seeing her reunited with Herschel Jr., it's, uh, it was fun. I still think this should have been Glenn Jr. 
this baby looks like Glenn. You know, mm-hmm. like this should have been Glenn Jr. I know you miss Herschel, but Glenn Jr. is right there, man. That's Glenn. That's Glenn's baby. And so, uh, yeah, um, happy to see that he made it. Happy to see that he is somehow magically upbeat despite all the things that he's gone through at this point. Um, just hanging out in the tree like, hey, mom. She's like, oh, this one's going to be a struggle. This is going to be a struggle. Well, with, if something happens to Herschel Jr., just, you know, yeah, go on without down. me, Jess. Yeah, yeah, go on without me. I don't know if I'm making it. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I, I feel so attached to this child already. And um, I, I actually, I can't wait for him to get under the corrupting influence of Judith Grimes. Like, I feel like, I mean, I know we have RJ, but RJ is basically a football. He's not really done anything useful yet. He just sort of looks up like, hi, Judith. Hi, mom. That's about all we've seen of RJ. I feel like Herschel's going to wreak some havoc if he and Judith get together. Like, that's going to be, I, I would watch out. Like, you don't even have to worry about the Maggie Negan tension because Herschel and Judith are going to defuse that immediately. Oh, yeah. This is going to be the tag team we were all dying to see, right? Like, Judith finally gets an understudy, and she's going to just mold him into this badass. I mean, you know, he's like, Judith is already, like, the one who knocks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, if she has uh, Herschel Jr. alongside her, I'd look out. I think Negan should be worried at that point. Uh, Not to say that um, he should be worried about Judith, because Judith loves Negan. But once Herschel Jr. gets trained up, who knows what'll happen? Yeah, I I, I want them to be Daryl and Carol two point oh. They're more like uh, uh, Rick and Glenn two point oh. You know, uh, yeah. You well, know, there you go. Sends yeah. uh, the five year old off on like the missions to go collect the snacks and stuff from other <laughs> other yeah. uh, civilizations, and then he comes back with a report for Judith. This I think we again we're writing the show. We're writing yep. the show. This is this is really this is the next spinoff. I think. And, you know, we're getting a Daryl and Carol spinoff, apparently. Uh, this could be another spinoff. And it was one I would definitely watch because at a certain point, we're going to have to pick and choose which ones we podcast about. And that one's definitely high up on the list if it happens. Mm-hmm. I just feel like we should be calling this baby Hershey. Can we yeah. call Herschel Aww. Jr. Hershey? Can yes. we do it? I, I, and if I'm ne- here if for Negan it. Does it is, it. is it icky if Negan does it? Yes, it's icky if Negan does it because <laughs> Negan's not going to do it in an affectionate way. He's going to do it in his like sardonic Negan way. He's going to be like... Hershey. And then like, no, that doesn't and work. Maggie just, Maggie just rips her skin off and throws it at him because she's yeah. going to feel so gross. <laughs> Don't call my son Hershey. And then she like hulks out and like burns down everything again. And now we know, now we know why Maggie creates all these failed states. <laughs> Somebody gets a little too, a little too personal and sardonic with her son and she just can't handle it. Can we blame her? She's been through so much. Uh, these people it's need true. therapy. We've said they, this like, time and yeah. time again, but they really do need therapy. They definitely, I feel like maybe, maybe somebody should be like in the library at Alexandria reading like the tattered copy of Freud and get on that. Like (laughs) the last time we had a psychiatrist was Denise and that was many seasons ago. That didn't end well. Yeah. R.I.P. Denise. (laughs) R.I.P. Denise. I think we we wish we had her now. Um, Always one of my favorites. Um, I love that Herschel wears Glenn's hat. That is that is another thing that he and Judith Icky. have in common. <laughs> Icky. It's very sweet. It is sweet, but bad. Uh, ooh, I mean, <laughs> you, you, I don't want to say I feel for Negan, but when Negan said, oh, shit, <laughs> like I felt that in my soul. Like, oh, man, Maggie's here and she's got Glenn Jr. here. What am I going to do? <laughs> like, they're not, these people are going to remember that I suck and they're going to yeah. come after me very quickly. Well, yeah. that is one of those situations where it's like you walk into a room and you realize that everybody in the room has been talking about you and it just like goes quiet. That's what that was. But it's like even worse because it's like, Oh wow. That kid definitely knows that his father was murdered. And it's a matter of time before he puts it together that I was the one that murdered him. And I liked that Negan actually, you can tell he has evolved because he felt contrite about that. He is sort of panicking about other people's opinion of him, which is a side of Negan. We have not seen so Mm. far. Yeah, I mean, shouldn't a part of Negan be thinking, it's time to pack it up and go. Like, I've spent enough time here. Maybe I can go find somewhere else to kick it because this cannot end well. This should not end well for Negan. It Mm-mm. might end well, but this should not. You know, we, we've dealt we've dealt with Negan for a very long time after he did the most gruesome murder of anybody in the show's cast that we loved, right? Like, this, that was the moment. that, And, and then, you know, justice for Abraham, he died too. But... <laughs> It's been years. It's been seasons. 
Negan cannot survive this. Maggie, you got to do what you got to do here. And Negan should be recognizing that maybe his days are numbered. He should probably pack it up and uh, take his business elsewhere. Right. Someone's going to be always trying to murder Negan in this scenario. But we need to talk about where else is he going to go? Because Maggie is pretty much like laid waste to every civilization to their west. Um, we know that there's something in Charleston that we're going to find out about in season 11. And I guess Oceanside is still out there. And here's what I wanted to know, because they talk at the beginning. They're saying, well, Oceanside said they'd take a couple of people in. And Maggie's like, well, I'm going to take them all to the hilltop. And Carol's like, yeah, not so fast about that. Got some bad news. Um, but Oceanside is apparently still there. Like They say Luke moved to Oceanside and good for him because I know mm-hmm. his girlfriend was at Oceanside. And I hope that they're settling down together. Why doesn't Negan move to Oceanside? Why doesn't Maggie move to Oceanside? One of them needs to go to the one other place that they can go. Yeah, I think I'm okay with Negan going to Oceanside because if Maggie goes, she'll be back because Oceanside's not going to make it too much longer. (laughs) Um, But I think, um, could you see a situation where the Reapers have, have like surrounded Alexandria and Negan sells them out to get rid of Maggie? You know, like Maggie's Ooh. been trying to kill him this whole time because I I don't for a, a second trust her to not, you know, at least try. And Negan should not either. He should be sleeping with one eye open from now until. And I could just imagine if Negan finds out, wait, you mean to tell me y'all are attacking us because of Maggie? Oh, yeah. Take her. And I think that would be horrible. But I, I mean, from Negan's perspective, it's logical. You know? Here's what I think is far more likely. That's an interesting thought. But we saw Negan have the chance to do that, and he didn't do it. He could have Mm -hmm. gone to Alpha, and I think at a certain point we thought he might be doing that, and he didn't. Here's what I think is far more likely. I think Maggie sells Negan out to the Reapers and is like, hey, I will work with you. And she like maybe she tricks them into like surrounding him, or she brings them down on his head, and instead... Like it goes south and the Reapers start killing people at Alexandria and then Negan sacrifices himself to save the community. And that's Negan's big exit. And that's how we write ourselves out of this horribly uncomfortable and awkward corner that we have written ourselves into. Is that a like satisfying ending for Negan from your perspective? Like, what do you think? If Negan goes out in his blaze of glory, this fallen hero doing what he like, you know, sacrificing himself for, for other people, probably for Judith, you know, if we just want to make this on a micro level, maybe yeah. not the whole community, but maybe it's Judith who he has to save. Or maybe um, also Herschel. Oh, That's- Hershey. Oh yeah. yeah. If he, if he says Hershey, yeah, I forgive him. But, <laughs> but if, it, if he doesn't, if it's just Judith, you know, I love Judith, but if he's saving Judith, that's right on. That's you know, that's on brand. Mm-hmm. If he saves yeah. the community, that's kind of far fetched for me, honestly. Um, <laughs> but I think I can forgive him if he saves Hershey. If it's yeah. anything else, I'm like, eh, this. Mm, we still need to see his head pounded in with a bat. Yeah, this is the direction I think we're going. I think the Reapers are a temporary distraction, but I think whatever big thing is coming, I think it is building up to Negan finally becoming a sympathetic figure by sacrificing himself to save Hershey. You know, they said the same thing about Jamie Lannister. <laughs> they did, and that, yeah, we know that. Yeah, know that okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But is is the juice worth the, worth the squeeze? You know, has this entire buildup, the Negan arc, which has been, what, four seasons at this point? Three? At least yeah. three seasons. Is it worth it if it ends like that? I don't know. I think they wrote themselves into a big corner because I think Negan is the baddest bad guy we've ever had. Um, the guy that did the most damage, of course, like did the worst thing. And I think the stakes around Negan got so high. You know, they, they took a, you know, they took a 15 issue comic arc and they stretched it out across three seasons. And it was like at a certain point, they're, they're doing the um, inception thing with the time. They're stretching it out. So like an entire episode covers 10 minutes of actual time and they've built Negan up and built him up and built him up. And so he's this horribly, you know, he's done the worst things on the show. And this, this functions two ways. You can't find somebody who's badder than Negan. And you also can't bring him back from that in a satisfying way. I think that's the thing that comes the closest. And I think it's the thing they're going to be shooting for is, a self-sacrificing act to get rid of, you know, to neutralize a threat against 
the son of the man he murdered in cold blood. I think that comes the closest for sure. Yeah, they. This is going to be a delicate situation for the show because I think the way you handle the Negan, like of it all, is going to determine if The Walking Dead is something that is rewatchable, mm. right? Like a lot of shows will end in a way that you can watch them over and over again. People can watch Breaking Bad yep. and The Wire 17, 18 times and not get tired of it. Um, whereas there's shows like The Sopranos where you watch it and you're like, you know, the end is kind of like, eh. or you get to Game of Thrones even worse where you're mm-hmm. like, whoa, I'm not even going to touch this because there's two seasons where I'm like, nope. And I think had that gone differently, you know, this would be, that could be in a show that is talked about for, to the end of time and lauded as this great television show. And I think The Walking Dead, while it won't be lauded as a great television show by many, it can still have a good following if they end it correctly. And I think Negan is the obstacle that they're going to have to get across, you know, to make that happen. So yeah. this is going to be tough for the show, but I think if they can pull that off, then you might actually give people something to latch onto and something to, uh, an arc people can say, I want to rewatch this because that Negan arc was crazy. Yeah. I feel you like know? the litmus test of this is, um, and this is not the way people watch TV anymore. So maybe I'm crazy, but if you turn on the television and you're flipping channels, you're doing laundry, you don't want to pay attention to something. You just want to have a show on in the background. Like on the weekends, you can turn over to Comedy Central and they're always showing The Office. It's like if you have that, if you're flipping channels and you see The Walking Dead is on while you're doing laundry, are you going to leave that on or are you going to change the channel and find something else? Yeah, because there's always a Law & Order SVU marathon yes. somewhere. And if this isn't going to compete with Law & Order SVU, then you might as well keep it on the playground. Because if yep. I see The Walking Dead and I see, what, two channels over, there's Law & Order SVU right now? I'm going to law and order. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the way you handle this Negan thing is going to determine if it's like, oh, this is good to have in the background because I'll be able to watch it. I think another good show like that is Ozark. Yeah. Right now, Ozark hasn't ended officially, but just let it let it play. It's fine. You know, it's fine. Yeah, and sure. so, uh, yeah, it, it's fine. It, whatever, whatever part I pop in on is going to lead to something satisfying as the show st- stands right now. And so The Walking Dead has to make sure that they are one of those shows that you could just kind of leave on in the background because that's how they're going to make their money. People going back and watching it. Um, cause I, I feel like a lot of people are saying, look, when it ends, I'll binge it and catch up. Like you said, uh, mm-hmm. people are watching TV a lot, you know, a lot differently now. Um, but if it's the story of this not being a satisfying ending, save your, don't waste your time then yeah, they're not going to get the spins and the rotations that they normally would. And so, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens and if the show can uh, do something with a little bit of time they have left. Yeah, I agree. Like, cause right now as it stands, I think I even pick a James Spader office episode over this. I pick a post Elliot Stabler SVU over this. And I, I think if they, if I know it's building up to something good, I might change my opinion. Yeah. Same, same. I mean, ooh, the James Spader take is, ooh, that's dark. But, um, yeah, and even Elliot after, ooh, when Elliot leaves, ooh, those are some dark ages in SVU world. But I think you have a good point. It's still something that you're comfortable with because you know, like, ultimately, the show was good enough to maintain itself. And the, the Walking Dead has had, like, um, like a roller coaster effect almost to where there are some seasons, like, if you, if the first season of The Walking Dead is on, I'm fine. Let it let it play because it's some good stuff. Yeah. I look up every now and then, see some people I love, see some good moments. Um, up probably through you know the governor, you just kind of mm-hmm. can let it play. Um, I mean, honestly, a- Road Determinus, I might even stop doing laundry and sit down and watch it. Yeah, for sure. But now we're in this gray area where it's like these bottle episodes. Is this going to be enough to cover, like to carry us, or uh, you know, into the next season? We'll we'll have to see. Yeah. So any parting thoughts? We want to probably want to get around to wrapping it up. So anything else you want to touch on before we start to send it home? Um, no, I think I'm just more concerned of again with the Negan of it all. Mm-hmm. He's our, he's our big bad. He's our Bowser. Um, and you gotta have, you kind of have to wonder at what point are we going to stop Princess Peach from getting kidnapped? Like how long are we going to play the Bowser game? And I know it's coming to an end. I, like I said, I've had a very tumultuous relationship with The Walking Dead. It's gone from like super fan to okay, you know, mm-hmm. back to fandom to kind of meh. And I'm I'm here. I'm here for the 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 home stretch and I'm hoping that, you know, we cross the finish line in a triumphant way. Um uh, I'm optimistic and that's all I can say. <laughs> I, I think that's a that's a great note to end it on. So Chappelle, where can people find you if they wanna give you some feedback on all of this? Oh, yes. If you have a feedback for me, please email just directly. 
<laughs> let her know that you are displeased with my walking dead takes. But if you do want to say something nice, then yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Chappelle's show. Uh, that's C H A P P E L L S underscore show, um, uh, where I'm probably tweeting about, um, reality TV shows and podcasting. Um, coming up, I have uh, a few podcasts, uh, one with Jess coming up. I'll let her talk to you about that a little <laughs> bit more. But also, uh, I'll be talking to Rob Cessarino, uh about uh, a reality TV rewind that we're doing for the month of March, where we'll be watching one episode from classic reality TV shows to determine which show we will watch and recap in its entirety in the month of April. So um, please, if you have any suggestions, you can tweet those to me di- or message Rob directly. And hopefully we get to uh, talk about something good and entertaining in this week coming up. But yeah, there'll be a lot of Chappelle in the RHAP uh, world uh, moving forward. Um, and also in post-show recaps, Jess, do you want to talk about that? Yes, I better talk about this. So uh, for the patrons of post-show recaps, if you have enjoyed Chappelle's and my takes on The Walking Dead, you may also enjoy Chappelle's and my takes on 90s teenage movies, because this week for post-show recaps theater, which is one of the many patron-only podcasts, we're going to be watching Can't Hardly Wait. And I can't hardly wait to get into it with you because I think that's going to be, it's going to be pretty epic. I have a lot of thoughts and I know you have twice as many thoughts as I do. Yes, I I love Can't Hardly Wait. Mm. I'll spoil it for you now. I love that movie. It, and there are some problems with that movie. There are some thoughts. There are some takeaways. And I love every second of it. Um, Yeah, when Jess asked me about the post-show recaps theater, my first thought was, oh my gosh, what do I talk about? And the whole time I was thinking... I mean, I could do can't hardly wait. I, I don't, I mean, I don't know if y'all want to hear it, but I definitely want to talk about it with Jess. So here we are. I'm, I'm very excited for it. That's going to be a great time. And if you are interested in becoming a patron of post show recaps, you can check that all out on pushorecaps.com slash Patreon or patreon.com slash post show recaps. You get a lot of perks. You don't just get to hear me and Chappelle making fun of a nineties teen movie. You also get access at the $10 level. You get access to a discord channel, which is its own insane community of awesome people. Um, at the $15 tier, you get merchandise. Um, every three months, we're going to send you a new piece of swag, including for your first round, you get a Wiggler's Wombats hat if you so choose. So that's very exciting. You also get usually around three podcasts a week, sometimes way more than that, sometimes way less. Um, but it averages out to about three podcasts a week of extra content that you cannot find on the main channel. And you get early access to a lot of our content as well. So Again, that's postshowrecaps.com slash Patreon or patreon.com slash postshowrecaps. So Chappelle, thank you for getting through all of this with me. This was really, really fun. And I'm glad they left me in charge of the podcast because I think I'm doing at least as well as Maggie. <laughs> no, you're you're way better than Maggie. I'm getting strong Carol vibes for you. Like the, <laughs> the Carol Carol's leadership, but not Carol's parenting skills. That's a whole nother podcast. Um, but yeah, I think um yeah, this is fun. I'm glad you decided to have me on the uh, as your passenger. And hopefully uh, this season does not disappoint people. And hopefully we don't either. You know, honestly, even when the season is disappointing, the podcast never is. <laughs> That's good to know. That's good to know. Yeah. So again, you can fel- you can follow Chappelle on Twitter at Chappelle's underscore show. You can follow me on Twitter at Haymaker Hattie and you can follow Post Show Recaps on Twitter at Post Show Recaps. Please let us know what you thought. Um, give us your feedback. Let us know what you want us to watch out for next week. And next week, Chappelle, I think we're going to be bringing on a special guest star to talk about the next episode. And I haven't got, he's 99% committed to this, but I assure you, we are going to have a lot of fun talking about episode two. When you say 99% committed, you mean he's not committed at all, but we're going to convince him. Oh, no, I've already, (laughs) I've been working on him for about a month. And I I said, you know, this episode is made for you to come and talk about it. And I have so many thoughts and I'm sure Chappelle will as well. So we will see you next week for all of that. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.